0: Let's play D&D, you and me, and all of our best friends. Let's play D&D, our favorite RPG. Escape our life and play pretend for a while. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Rule of Cool podcast. My name's Morgan.
1: And I'm Nathan.
0: And today we are going to be talking about metagaming. Um, once again, we put out a poll to our Discord server and let them choose what they wanted to talk about today. And overwhelmingly, they wanted us to talk about metagaming.
1: Yeah, I mean, clearly there's... A, you know, metagaming is definitely a hot topic uh, across um, even more than d and I think all tabletop role-playing games, people uh we'll have discussions about meta gaming and uh we we uh it was actually for compared to last week this uh this poll is a little bit closer but meta gaming definitely won it out
0: yeah. so let's start with what is metagaming? just for people who have no idea what we're talking about what is metagaming?
1: so so for realist really what meta gaming is is using knowledge that your character doesn't have. Um, when you're playing in a game and your character does something that they would not know in the world, they use knowledge that you as a player know, or they use knowledge that because they're at a D&D table, they weren't actually in like the scene where... Um, information was shared and they're going to use it to their advantage. That, that's that's at least my interpretation of metagaming in, in a pretty simple form. There's, there's a lot of more in-depth things that you can do that are metagaming, in my opinion, but those are the yeah. main things of, I wasn't there or I shouldn't know this, but I'm going to use this knowledge for my advantage.
0: Yeah, and one of the biggest things with metagaming is that sometimes People do it without realizing. yeah. And sometimes people do it 100% intentionally. And if you do it on accident and you own up to it, okay, we get it. Let's just move on. But if you do it and you're like, no, I would never do that. I I would never do that. And it's blatantly obvious. That's what makes people hate you at the table, (laughs) right? Or (laughs) on the server or Solus, one of our mods here makes a good point. Everybody has done it at some point yeah everybody has metagamed at some point. Um, it's just whether or not you own up to it or if you try and like brush it aside because um, sometimes it can ruin the game for other players if you just do it constantly.
1: Uh- <laughs> well, and we've both talked about in the you know our previous episodes how. Um, I'm very specifically mostly a DM, and you've DM'd quite a bit. And at, like as a DM, I actively have to try not to metagame. Um, yeah. When I'm going into a battle or something like that, I am going to know what the monsters are. And how, there there are monsters I don't know off the top of my head, but there's going to be things that I fight that my character would never have encountered or heard of that. I know their immunities and resistances and you know, there's, there's just the, the, that knowledge is there and it, it, it's a, such a hard separation because you want to do well. And in Mm -hmm. my head, if I go, Oh, well, this guy is going to be immune to fire. Maybe I should, Not use fire. Well, does your character know that? Because, like, and it's like there's not even a hundred percent like purposefulness of that. Like,
0: yeah,
1: you trying to think of the best my like gather my thoughts into like more consult concise (laughs) here. Um, basically, you you it's subconscious. That's what I'm trying to say. Is like it's just in there. I'm gonna uh, fight this demon, so I'm just like knocking or a devil. I'm just knocking use fire. Like my my mind's just gonna cross that bridge, and it's not gonna be purposeful, but it is meta game. It's because I know that there's resistance and immunity.
0: Yeah, and that is one of the hardest things when, because <laughs> we talked about when you're a DM and you finally get to be a player, and then the game's almost kind of ruined sometimes because you get into these fights and they describe a creature to you and i'm like i know that's a bugbear, so i know how to kill it or like i know that's a beholder so i know how to like it's you have to like take a step back and separate yourself the player from the character because you are two separate like you're playing the character but you're two separate beings like your character doesn't know yeah things like that um, not necessarily you might if you have a high intelligence you've studied a lot of things then roll a check for it yeah. you know if, if you think you might know something then roll a check and let the DM decide whether or not you know it uh, but to that same effect you also have to know that if you roll a history check on something and you fail it and the DM's like well you don't know like, you don't know that these people are from this area of the world, for instance. Then, even though you as a player know that, you have to separate that from your character. Your character doesn't know. When the DM says you don't know, you don't know.
1: Yeah, you have to, you have to draw that line. And for me, when it's a new DM especially, or a newer DM, especially if I'm going to be playing, there's... They're gonna throw things at you that you definitely know very well. And you're talking about low level monsters and stuff like that, where like as a DM, like I'm probably gonna know their hit points, I'm probably gonna know their AC or at least pretty close to it. Um, things like that. And it's it's very hard to turn off. But yeah. it's all it's unfair in a way to like just know that information and use it for your advantage.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking at our chat here, and it is blowing up. Everybody understands. Um, But one thing that uh, one of our lovely mods, Solis, said, being able to trust your fellow storytellers and your DM that can point it out in a non-judging way to just bring your attention to it. And I think that's important because if, if you are metagaming, And other people realize it Um, and if it's something that you don't realize you're doing it subconsciously then it's important to not be an asshole to whoever it is you know you gotta just be like hey I'm sorry your character wouldn't know that let it go move on Um, so dealing with it from a DM standpoint if someone is metagaming You definitely have to speak up and say, hey, your character wouldn't know this thing. Um, You can roll for it if you'd like, but as of right now, your character doesn't know it. And then that's up to the player to say, you're right, I don't know, so I'm not going to play that way anymore. Um, Because just straight up being like, hey, you asshole, you don't fucking know that thing. Why are you doing that? Like That's that's not going to make anybody happy like, yeah. that's just gonna make people upset
1: and for for me the kind of big distinction here is like also the threat of the situation because yeah. if a character is trying to use their player knowledge to avoid pc death or something like that even if even if it's metagaming a little bit. Uh, I'll try to put it on the dice, right? Yeah. And, like, for example, if you were trying to avoid something from happening and you use some metagame knowledge, what I would probably do is have someone roll and, like, a knowledge check of some sort and see if they they could know this knowledge. And let's say they rolled a one, right? They just flat out don't know it. I'll, I'll probably still give them like another check if it's if it's a bad situation where it's like, okay, well, okay, go ahead, and make me an insight check. And now it's not you know this information, but this is this has got a bad feeling to you. You you know that the situation is very like dangerous, you know, that the situation, you know, could lead to very bad things. Yeah. Your character, like, you you can't describe it. Your character feels just uneasy with the situation. There's, there, as a DM, you have to understand that players love their characters and they're not going to want them to die. So yeah. if you put, if they're going to use metagaming knowledge, to try to protect their characters in ways, whether it's what they should do or not, it's just going to happen. I know most people care pretty deeply about their characters. There's definitely people that, you know, don't care. And they just let them, you know, run wild. But there's in like a big campaign where there's, very deep story and things like that, if they're putting themselves in a dangerous situation and it's seeming very bad for them, metagaming knowledge can definitely start to come into play of just self-protection.
0: Yeah. Well, and again, looking at the chat, Laws makes a really good comment here. Um, One of the best DM question, would your character know that? And if so, how? Um, That's a really easy way to approach it you know if someone does something you just say would your character know it if your character does know it how do they know it and if you can answer those two questions then you're clear <laughs> basically um, yeah and Solas followed up with good reasons and good roles make me as a DM either give it to them or at least hardcore consider it yeah. um, and I think You can be lenient with some metagaming. Like you said, people care about their characters. Um, Just have a good reason for it. If if you are doing something, you have to back it up with reason.
1: I I definitely agree that when it comes to kind of being lenient in certain situations, but there's other times that you just don't want to be lenient because someone's just just going in on it, right? Like, they're just like, boom, I'm avoiding this. I'm doing this. Hey, everybody, we're about to fight this thing. You know, we need to do this. We need to do that because I know this information. Um, Or uh, metagaming to me, I don't even personally care so much about metagaming, about knowledge about creatures and things like that. Um, I know that, like, for me, I try to change most of my monsters in some way. Uh, not in every situation, I definitely will use a bone stock monster, but at the same time, I like to add things in, make them more interesting, add certain uh, in-combat tactics and techniques and things like that to make them a little more interesting. The thing that I don't like, especially being a more role-playing and story focused kind of DM is character-to-character character knowledge from being at the table being metagamed. Yeah. That's a big one for me.
0: There's a lot of ways that people metagame, but definitely, I think, the, like you said, the most common is using things... So, let me put this in a way that I can make sense of it. Uh, <laughs> gather my thoughts together. So... If you're in a session with four players, yeah, and someone has a private conversation, um, you you don't know what happened in that private conversation, no, even if you're sitting at the table with the other people,
1: you heard the whole thing and
0: you heard the whole thing, you don't know what was said, and if you then take that and later on use it in the campaign. You take that information and use it. You're using character information that doesn't belong to you. Yeah. And you can't do that.
1: Well, realistically, to me, you're also betraying the trust of the player, the other players in the DM. And yeah. that's... Important. Like, trust at the table is critical. You need to be able to trust that your other players are going to be inclusive and making you feel comfortable with your storytelling because when it comes down to it at the end of the day this it's all collaborative and if you're yeah. working together to tell this story you should also never be trying to one up each other
0: yeah and uh, Shadow of Jack says certain characters are know-it-all types like wizards they know a lot because they are in the books like a barbarian wouldn't know about creatures from the Underdark but the wizard might from books. Mm-hmm. And that is somewhere where as a DM, I would still make you roll a check. Because even if you're a wizard that like has read a lot of books, have you read that one specific book about underdark creatures? Because I am not inclined to believe as a DM that there are many books on underdark creatures specifically.
1: Well, and here's the thing for me. This is the best part about being a DM. You can set the DC. If he says, hey, I want to know, like, what's up with this drow guy? DC 5. Just roll. Make sure that you know anything about the drow. They're common enough race that you've probably heard of them. There's a good chance you read on them. But if we're talking about, like, a very strange, you know, um, like a Mike and I, like, You know mushroom people and like you're curious about their culture and like do they have a religion Yeah, that's that's obscure okay like you know dc15 plus you know like you you need to roll well on this like this is something that is not going to just be a basically don't roll a one
0: yeah another another good comment i thank you guys so much for being so active in the chat right now um I really love reading all your comments and yes, I read all of them. As you can see in the live stream, my face is just tilted sideways looking at the chat at all times.
1: I read none of them. I'm I hate all of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Born Twisted also makes a very good point. Um the other side of metagaming having random enemies know exactly how the party fights and exploiting their weaknesses. I've seen this a few times where it just wouldn't make sense for the enemies to have that knowledge. And that's another thing because players aren't the only ones that metagame. DMs that are actively DMing the session can absolutely metagame. Um, And that that sucks, because who's going to call out the DM for metagaming? It, it's rare. Um, it happens, but it's rare. And just don't, don't be mean, you know? Now, there is situations, there are situations, where the DM has an enemy that maybe has been studying the party. They've been tracking them, and they would know certain things about them. But at the same time, for a random enemy to come out and suddenly know, well, this person uses all ranged spells. This person's go-to is shatter. I use that example because I'm calling myself out. I always use shatter. Um, Things like that. That is not fun for the party. It's not fun.
1: Well, and when there's... There is a thought process that uh, as a DM I go over of if you have this skinny elven guy with a beard and a robe and a big old staff, he's holding a big tome or something, right? Mm -hmm. If a bad guy's not a goblin, you know, probably never seen anybody, If, if it's like, if it's somebody that has world knowledge the guys probably a wizard he's probably going to throw spells at you i don't think that that's unreasonable but at the same time there's that like i almost feel like the the like opposite ends of the spectrum right are like barbarian and wizard both of them are pretty readable by the bad guys but when you get to like the guys in the middle maybe you've got like an eldritch knight or like a arcane trickster rogue right like mm-hmm. just cuz the dm knows that like the bad guys might not be able to read those situations so well they wouldn't know that the arcane trickster rogue likes to throw daggers from the back right they would yeah. it, it, there's and wouldn't know hey, they might be a spellcaster too. There's, you know, there are the wizard and barbarian ends of the spectrum that are almost just like, I can see that you're a wizard. I can see that you're a big, strong fighter. But it's kind of that like middle spectrum that uh, is, is unfair for the DM to just kind of figure out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, Alyssa says, I started rolling wisdom checks for my monsters when they're random to see what they find is the biggest threat or D4s to see who they go after. And I I like that. Um, wisdom checks for random monsters to see what they find is the biggest threat. I think that's a good way to keep yourself in check because when you're DMing, you instantly know who's gonna be the biggest threat you know who the tank is you know who the person you know what one's gonna use sneak attack and get that extra damage so using wisdom checks to see who they see is the biggest threat that's a way to make it more balanced a little more fair to the uh, players
1: absolutely it's it's definitely difficult because you have to discern really how smart your, and I think the wisdom checks is a good idea, but you have to discern how smart your bad guy is. There's definitely an expectation that certain monsters and certain races of creatures and things like that are going to be less intelligent or more intelligent. Mm -hmm. But like, why not have this like super smart bugbear who hangs out in a cave and sends all his goblins to do his bidding, but he's always telling the goblins to steal him books from the local towns because he's, like, super into his research and he's super smart. Maybe he's a spellcaster and he researches adventuring parties and how to destroy them. You can do fun things like that. It just can't be every guy. It's It's just a little unfair at that point.
0: Another great comment from Shadow of Drax. I do blind rolls from time to time if a bad guy is watching. The bad guys have to roll stealth as well, and if the passive perception of a player can see it, then I'll tell them. It creates a better gaming experience, in my opinion. DMs should roll for things too, not just say, this guy was in the shadows the whole game and you just never saw him because... Oh,
1: absolutely. I roll stealth checks for everything. If if something's sneaky, it one hundred percent. I roll stealth checks because it can be beat. Yeah. the The thing to really... you know, as far as it goes for meta gaming on the DM side, a DM is not your opponent.
0: Yeah. This
1: is not what D anD D is. If you play D anD D that way, I'm sorry. It's that sucks. Because, it is, and, and you know this goes back to even like our first episode we talked about D anD D being collaborative storytelling this is you and your friends getting together to tell an interesting story it's not four or five of your friends trying to beat the dm and he has extra tools to try to beat you That there there are things that you know maybe work that way if you want to play like a war game you can really just be like 1v1ing or something and like be yeah. against each other but i if if you play with a dm who's Entire outlook is I want to beat you and like make you feel bad about it. Like, that sucks.
0: Yeah. Some other things that we haven't quite touched on yet, some other ways that people met a game. Um, if you are under a condition, so let's say, for example, you're under the fear condition. Um, the properties of the fear condition is that you are afraid of whatever being cast fear on you or incited fear on you. Um, you're not going to be able to turn around and attack it without making some sort of wisdom save. Um, and that goes with a lot of things. Any condition. I just used fear because my one of my characters uses fear, too. So I know that
1: one quite a bit. <laughs> it's on, it's uh, on. <laughs>
0: it's on my mind uh i know i like fear sorry um you guys are getting an insight into how i play and what my characters are like they're all the same um not really (laughs) but if you are under a condition without making a check you can by no means break that condition um And you have to follow the rules of that condition. If you don't, that's metagaming. If you're supposed to be afraid of a creature and you fail your check, so you have to make a wisdom save, you fail your wisdom save, you can't just turn around and stare them dead in the face. (laughs) That's not how fear works. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and 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 realistically the dm is the referee of a game if you've got players doing this the dm needs to say something try to say try to lead it away from that direction you don't need to be in the middle of a session just straight up calling someone out and being like you're fucking metagaming and this is unacceptable it just you know there doesn't need to be this like a big attack in the middle of it but as a dm you kind of have that responsibility of well no it actually doesn't work that way let's go ahead and lead it this way yeah and that's kind of the you know yes and and no but of (laughs) like improvisation and D D of well no but we can lead it this way it doesn't work that way but let's go this way Yes, yeah. that works this way and let me add on to it. You can do that too, but it's in those situations, I think when metagaming starts to come up, that like very much the, the no but is is huge. No, it does not work that way, but let's do it this way. No, it can't actually, that can't actually happen, but this can happen and yeah. lead it another direction. And this is <laughs> this is something that's like kind of a little bit off topic, but Uh, It's like very interesting conversation I actually had with someone recently about you should never put like a hard no at the end of anything because as people, we like our minds seek direction. And when you put it at a wall, the only direction it thinks is to like try to get through that wall. Yeah. If you say, hey, no, this is a wall. But there's a door right there oh okay i see the door that that makes sense i now now i don't have to bash through this wall and be upset about it i can just go oh and turn the direction
0: oh speaking of uh what do you believe is a good way for a gm to step in and help guide a player who is acting out of character due to metagaming um I think there's a couple different things you can do there. So I think it depends on the aggression level of the metagaming. If they are making little mistakes that are not super detrimental to the campaign, I would just be like, hey, does your character know that? Like we talked about earlier. Just be like, does your character know that? Why would they know that? But if it's like a huge thing that is really gonna fuck with a lot of your campaign then there's a couple different ways you could take it you can pull them aside and talk to them um do not ever don't ever yell or like be rude in front of other people yeah like that's just a psychology thing like that's gonna that's gonna ru- that's gonna hurt them. <laughs> um, you're gonna want to pull them aside. Now the other thing you can do is if you're in the middle of the campaign and they're doing things and they're being kind of aggressive, you're the DM. So come up with ways to block whatever they're doing. Yeah. You know, if they're trying to use their information to get a hold of somebody, you can't get a hold of them. Like, roll it. Your DC is twenty-five to do that thing that you want to do. Like you if they're being super aggressive and you have yeah. to curb it in the moment, then you're, if you're the DM, the GM, make that check super difficult. Um make it almost impossible for them to do the thing.
1: Yeah. Um And that that kind of comes to like putting things on the dice and I think that there are certain things that are acceptable for that. But for me, at a certain point, you you can still roll that. And there has to be that, like, there – This I feel like this is pretty rare. But if, if it gets to a certain point, I don't think it's, like, crazy to say, like, you know, to your entire table, hey guys, you would you mind if we just take a break and just pull that person aside separately? If you yeah. need to, like, take a break, say you're on video, like, you know, when we play our games online, and you just need to pull them into, like, a private chat, or if you're at the table and you're like, hey man, can we just, like, step outside for a minute and, like, have a quick conversation and say, hey, this this is, like, unacceptable. I don't want this to become something at the table where I'm having to just tell you no and ruin your fun. What's and then at the same time, are they metagaming to be shitty or is it and ask them that just like, hey, is like, is there a reason you're trying to make this work this way? Because maybe they have something really cool in their mind that they're trying to bring to that story and metagaming's somehow the way that they think that they can do it and talking to them about that they can kind of talk to you about this is why i'm trying to do this this is what i'm trying to get out of this and then as the dm you can say hey well i understand what you're trying to do here but that's just not the best way to go about it why don't we go about it like this why don't we you know why don't we do this and this and we can still get that outcome that you're looking for and if they're just being, like, shitty about it, if they're like, oh, I just, you know, I don't want to lose to the monster, like, just tell <laughs> them to, like, shut up and deal with it or, like, or just go <laughs> back and be like, cool, all these monster chats are changed. Uh, they have immunity to everything. Eh. <laughs> right. Just, <laughs> like, cha- if they're, like, you know, making these... And, and you're the DM. do it, Like, you could do whatever you want. This is some, like, weird thing that, you know say it has like fire resistance and the person's tried to use that to their advantage purposefully and is yelling at everyone not to use fire is res- you know not to use fire stuff well now it's immune to cold damage instead of fire right
0: yeah right and that's that goes back to if you're the dm you can just change things if you can tell that they're being they're metagaming to be shitty then yeah. Use it against them. You and know? if you're at the They're... table, with them,
1: throw throw your Mountain Dew at them or uh, <laughs> fight them at IRL. No, I'm just kidding. Never do that. But please, throw please, hands. please, everyone, no one catch hands at my table. <laughs> I will be here, so.
0: especially because I
1: play with like family and friends mostly in real life. So right, that's when th- when those fights happen. Those those are uh, long lasting.
0: <laughs> uh, here's a timely reference. Going among us. Be yeah. the imposter, murder them in the game. Yep. Um,
1: <laughs> just, just if you have that conversation, you step outside, and you have a conversation with someone. They're just being shitty. Sit them back down at the table and wait till you're like in a role playing encounter, and then just say. Um, Hey, can you make me some constitution saving throws and make them make those saves and then just say, all right, well, you just felt a dagger slide into your spine. Uh, you can feel <laughs> the poison pulsing through your body. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, a, there's an assassin that doesn't like you and he just snuck up on you. Yeah. <laughs> now leave. Well,
0: <laughs> um, and Solas says not all encounters have to be combat either. And that's a good point. Sus. Not all not all metagaming not all metagaming is in encounters. A lot of metagaming is in roleplay. Yeah. So something that I saw a little while ago um, from our good friend Laws of the Moon. Give them false meta info. Tell them something that isn't true and have it bite them in the back afterwards. Mm -hmm. So if you have somebody who is consistently metagaming, you can't get them to stop, but you don't necessarily want to kick them from your game, right? It's It's a good friend of yours, and outside of the game, they're a great person, but in the game, they're metagaming like crazy. Feed them false information. They ask you about the campaign, what's going to happen. Oh, you're going to meet this person, you're going to meet an Archmage. Well, no, they're not meeting an Archmage. They're actually meeting some like assassin. So they prepare for spells, not for melee. Um, Or something like that, Um, giving them false information and having it bite them in the back. So they realize that, you know, metagaming isn't cool. It's not. It's not cool. Um, Solas says, or make them make a Wisdom save, and then just say, "Okay, regardless of the outcome, and move on."
1: God, I've done that so many times. It's very. It's. It's more challenging over the internet, but when I when I play in real life, I I roll dice all the time to freak people out. I'm just like. I'm just like. I
0: am also. (laughs) I'm also a shady DM, like I. I haven't gotten to DM much lately, but I used to play consistently with some of my other friends.
1: Do you know what's real sketchy when you're playing at the table? Is when you stand up and you roll a dice over the screen, let them see the result, pick, go, hmm, pick it back up and put it behind your screen again, and then move on. Yes, that's, that's some shady shit, and it's so I... you watching. Just just like they're they're conversating like you're not even involved and you just suddenly I reach over my screen I drop a die look at it and go "Huh?" grab it and bring it back <laughs> and they're like "What was that? Tell yes. me now."
0: Yes. I I love being shady. I also love like I love doing that and having nothing come out of it just to freak them out. Yeah. But I also love having an actual reason for it
1: um yeah it's funny it's funny i definitely most of the time when i'm rolling things behind the screen because like when especially when i'm just kind of sitting back i will be rolling things behind the screen like i said if i if someone's like trying to pay attention to them i'm rolling stealth and perception checks for them Mm -hmm. because i would make the player student it's not fair that my bad guys just get to that's in a way kind of metagaming like they just get yeah. to know these things. No, they like they need to try to know these things the same as anybody else. Um, I, I'm more just with the random rules and just trying to have some fun and uh, incite a little bit of fear into uh, all my players <laughs> because uh, a little bit of fear never never hurt anybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, i I love chaos. I am chaotic, good in all of my characters and in life. Um, Sometimes chaotic neutral. Uh, I love it. Um, But we've talked about ways that people metagame and what is metagaming and how to deal with it. But how do you distinguish specifically between metagaming and character knowledge? Now, taking aside roles that you can do for checks and things how do you determine whether it's something your character knows or something your character does not know Yeah, with yourself? Um, and part of that is looking into your backstory. Is there anything in your backstory that would point to I definitely know this thing or I definitely do not know this thing? Um, if your background is hermit and... You've lived in the woods your whole life. You're not going to know any rumors necessarily about one of the most populous cities. Like you're, if you've grown up in the city, you're not really going to know much about what happens in the woods. Yeah. Um. So really, paying attention to those little details uh, can help you understand more about.
1: Well, what and if we we talk about race or class and things like that too, is going to be like a distinguishing factor to that because uh, I know I don't remember who said it, but somebody was talking about it in the chat earlier that uh, the wizard is probably going to know a little bit more of this information. They have spent their whole life studying information, whether it's a lot about spells. They they've been reading and you know they've been spending their time to try to learn all these things the barbarian who has never read a book is just just not going to know these things but there's also that like um that and this is something that like in like pathfinder and like stuff like that um and i think it was in like 3.5 it's like i always found like very cool that i almost wish was still in um fifth edition is knowledge local right that Mm -hmm. okay i'm from here i have some of this knowledge like there's there's no way i don't this is a oh the people are talking about this weird old story i probably heard this as a kid um oh uh there's these weird berries in the woods i've seen these right like i grew up around here i probably know that these are poisonous berries or these are good berries that i want to actually eat and ingest. not good berries spell good good tasting berries not poisonous (laughs) berries you got to relate it to yourself right Mm -hmm. if i'm from washington state there's like there's things that i'm going to know about the stories of things that have happened here Mm -hmm. but if i come visit morgan or something like that i'm going to know nothing about her hometown and things that have ever happened there Um, Uh, i may be able to relate some of my knowledge to certain things but there's those those minute details are going to be there whether i've studied it or not but the, yeah. there's there's the bigger stuff that you're just not gonna know
0: i love that example too bringing it back to looking comparing real life to and i so i'm gonna dox myself a little bit but it's fine um <laughs> <laughs> it's fine so I grew up in a really, really small town. I traveled a little bit for vacations, but I lived my whole life in this tiny town. Like, it's yeah. a village. That's how small it is. It's classified as a village. It's, and we're th- still-
1: is, it, is it the village that you've got that, like, old-timey thing and there's creatures in the woods? Was that, yeah, that movie was, was that, like, an theory. early 2000s movie?
0: <laughs> if you have ever seen the movie Deliverance... Um, think of that, but in Ohio. Um, instead of... <laughs> I feel
1: like Morgan is from the place where everyone goes to the high school football games every Friday.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I can hear the high school football <laughs> games from my house. Like, That's... I can hear them on the loudspeakers from my house. Uh, banjos playing. You're right. Anyways, anyways, the point that I'm trying to make here is that I went to school an hour away from me, um, college. I went to college an hour away from me and I had never been there before. (laughs) It was an hour away, I had never been there. And I didn't realize that it has super historical significance. Uh, This college that I went to uh, is in Marietta, Ohio. And that is the first settlement of the Northwest Territory. That's huge, yeah, that's a big historical thing, and I didn't know until I was seventeen and went to college there, yeah, and so <laughs> bringing it back to d and d, even though it was an hour away from me and has been there the whole time, you know, I didn't know about it. I didn't realize that until I got there
1: yeah. now,
0: could I have figured that out if i had had any sort of decent history education probably yeah but I didn't um, yeah. because I'm a bard and I don't care about history no that's not true <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> oh god
0: but <laughs> but
1: B- big yikes
0: <laughs> big yikes um, that, that's not true hills have eyes man yeah it's hmm. Um, but the same goes for your character even if you are from a city that is bordered by woods if you never go to the woods you don't know yeah you just don't um so that's the point i tried to make it was long and drawn out but we got there eventually
1: (laughs) we crossed that bridge at a certain point i I feel like we we were going on a little bit of a tangent there for a little bit uh, yeah. as we're starting to be known to do, I, I feel.
0: <laughs> it's, it's just a thing. You know, we're getting comfortable with the stream. Ooh, here's something. I think the most common form of metagaming I see is when players are declaring their stats. Uh, like, who wants to roll to investigate? I only have a two in it. Born, that is yeah. a really good point. That is metagaming. Um
1: or or how much hp do you have
0: yeah yeah and as especially with the hp
1: yeah so
0: especially with the hp that is something that players can check each other on if you go how much hp do you have left nathan then instead of saying oh i have 82 hp left you can say i'm looking all right i'm a little beat up yeah. but i'm okay yeah. like instead of sorry i had a bug on my laptop um instead of saying you know i have this much hp you could say oh i'm i'm nearly dead Board twisted. That's, out. i was about to
1: say that i have 14 out of 57 i'm feeling about a 14 out of 57 right now <laughs> yeah that's that that's the joke of like Oh, I'm not metagaming. I'm just feeling, oh, about a, uh, out of about, I don't know, 57, I'm feeling about a 14.
0: <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 73, I feel like a 5. Yeah. Um, it's rough. <laughs> that, that, honestly... So, HP metagaming, I don't think is the worst. Yeah. I think that's one of the... Like, it's such a quick metagaming thing. And honestly, if I was a DM... And that happened in my session where someone was like, oh, how much HP do you have? And someone was like, mm, on a scale of 1 to 123, I feel I'm like a 6. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that's that's clever. That's big, funny. Big All right. <laughs> big, big oof. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I, and uh, for me personally as a DM, I don't really care if people keep, keep complete track of their hit points to each other. Like, I I don't want you guys all to, like, just be, like, dying out of, like, negligence of the cleric knowing to heal who. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, that just sucks. Like, if the cleric heals the guy that has, like, 50 out of 60 hit points and there's a dude that has, like, 6 out of 60 hit points and, like, that was just out of confusion of who was more hurt, that kind of sucks. I think going back to the... Um, the compiling skill checks and the well i'm only this good at a skill check like it's difficult because it just kind of happens because you want to do well at the checks yeah and i know like at most of like the most of the time when i'm running a game i'm not going to let seven people all make a skill check to do the exact same thing and this kind of rolls into the idea of Uh, Not every failure is the failure that you think, right? Um, I know this is something that like there people have talked about of this thing, you know, like, oh, you want to jump over this, you know, hole or something, right? And you've got this big, strong guy and he rolls a two and, you know, he's got like a nine and you're like, well, (laughs) "Ah you fall in the hole. Well, no, I mean, that may not be the case, but okay you make the leap and it's just fine but part of that hole collapses in now and now it's actually a harder check for the next person um and i think that stops the i think that things like that can help the okay who's the best at this let's get the best guy out there everyone can do it it's i mean things just because you roll low doesn't mean you're always gonna fail there's just gonna be more challenges right or like even the whole you know like the whole example no one gets hurt everyone makes it over the hole just fine but uh you guys made a shit ton of noise doing it and like the Mm -hmm. dudes up in the next room now they are prepared and they they all hid and they're gonna get possibly a sneak attack on you when you enter yeah. Um, they barricaded the room up ahead and now you've got to deal with that. Um, you know, there's, there's other bad outcomes to DICE that don't have to be you failed at that, now somebody else pile on, or let's try to get even if it doesn't make sense, let's get the guy with the best stat.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's also a fine line. You know, there's a fine line between metagaming and things you know for sure. So, in the stat instance, if someone says, oh, I only have a plus two to intelligence, somebody else make this roll, versus someone saying, we need to break into this room, we're going to let our rogue do that because our rogue is a specialist in that. We've seen the rogue break into things. We've seen the rogue steal things. So... That person's gonna do that check for sure. Yeah. Or the barbarian's gonna break down the door because fucking look at him. He's ripped he's, with he's muscles. Huge.
1: <laughs> he's huge. He's, he's nine feet tall, <laughs> six hundred pounds, pure absolute beef. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a what a beefcake. <laughs> yeah, you're obviously going to put your best character forward. Yeah. In situations where you need something accomplished, if you know it's going to be done better by the barbarian, you're going to say, hey, you should do this. Yeah. But if you straight up go, I only have a plus three to insight check, so I'm not going to insight, or I have a plus one to perception, somebody else better look for it. That's, but don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Just say, hey, I'm probably not going to be very good at this. Yeah. Maybe we all make the check and see who does the best.
1: Well, oh, and I think that that's kind of the important distinguishing factor is, like, if you think of yourself really in this world, is your character going to go, I'm not good at looking for things, or are they going to just look around? Like, they don't... Yeah. Would your character even know that they're not good at looking for things? Right. If, if you've had, like, a ton of sessions in a row where, like, you can't get above a five on a perception check... Maybe you talk to your DM about, like, I think my character thinks he's bad at perception checks. Right. Like, you know, or just looking for things. But if, like, it's kind of mixed, like, your character doesn't know that they're bad at looking for something. Like, why would they think that? There's there's no expectation for them to think, I am not good at looking for for loot i'm not good at looking for a secret tunnel or doorway or something like that your character would just go look for it that's just what they would do and if they don't find it they just didn't find it that's not the end of the world
0: yeah and our good friend laws of the moon says if you're not going to make a check because you're bad then don't make the check lean over to your friend and ask are they telling the truth make it an yeah. rp thing yeah. make it rely on your other party members in an rp way like if you're a barbarian and you're trying to incite somebody and your intelligence is pretty low then you just lean over to the wizard and be like hey um can you can you do this thing for me yeah like
1: yeah like the inside idea is just like if you know that your character is not good at something like that Don't even ask to make the roll, because if you ask to make the roll as a DM, I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah, you can't just make a bad roll and then say, "Why don't you make it now?" Because, like, as a DM, that's what I'm going to try to put a stop to. Because we can't just not everyone gets to make the check until you roll well. That's not how this should work. Uh, it, It, but if you do lean over to somebody that you know is a little bit better in that skill, and you have that RP moment of. Hey, I don't I don't feel comfortable about with this guy. Do you think that you could there seems something off about this guy. Do you think you could not even and, and it's not can you make an inside check on him? It's how are you feeling about him? Do you feel weird about this guy? Yeah. Is there something off to him to you? And then that player can use their character to say, "Hey, can I make an inside check on this guy?" Boom, they make the inside check. They get a 26, you know, and right. they're like like This dude is the freaking big, bad, evil guy, you know? Like,
0: yeah. Oh, I just thought of another thing. If you're rolling checks and the DM says, make an, make an investigation check. Yeah. But your checks are better. Like your stats are better in perception.
1: Yeah.
0: Don't say, can I roll a perception check instead? No, your DM asked for an investigation check. You're rolling an investigation. You're not rolling a perception. I hate that as a DM. Because if I wanted you to make a perception check, I would have asked for that. I'm Um, a
1: little bit more lenient in that if there's justification, right? If I say, okay, you guys are going to be doing this specific thing. Can you make this kind of check? And you say, well can I use this sort of knowledge or can I do it in this specific way? Like yeah. if, if you're like, Hey, jump over this pit, everyone needs to roll an athletics check to jump this pit. And the rogue goes, can I wall run the side? Sure. Make it, you know, make it an acrobatics. Like you're, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And a lot of people are like, well, if, uh, if you make a perception check, I change what you see. Um, I, I understand that. I'm not trying to say that nobody can ever do another check other than insight if that's what the DM says. I mean people doing it specifically because they're in like their yeah. investigation. No, is I bad. completely agree. If you give me a reason and say, Hey, I I know you said that you want me to do investigation, but I kind of want to look at it from a magic sort of way. Yeah. I want to see what magic is there. Then I'll be like, all right, absolutely, do an arcana check. Like, you can do that. Yeah.
1: Not my the number on the sheet is higher. Can I use this higher number, please?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is what I hate. Like, if you could give me a reason as to why you're going to use another thing other than one number is higher than the other, I'm better at this skill than that skill, then go for it. But if you're just saying, oh, I have a plus 15. In perception, but only a plus three in investigation. No, that's not a good enough reason for an investigation check. So, there's a lot of different ways that you can metagame when you're a player and a DM. Yeah. Like, you have to just acknowledge the fact that it happens and acknowledge the fact that other people are going to call you out on it. Yeah. And, if you're one of the people that calls someone out on it, don't be a dick. No. Unless they're a dick. Then find a way to kill their character.
1: But your th- <laughs> th- Throw your Cheetos across at them.
0: Throw your Cheetos at them. Dump your Mountain Dew on them. Um, if you're online, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, have a gift battle between yeah, each other. Gift
1: battle. No cyberbullying. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> don't cyberbully your friends. it's metagaming is one of those things that i i don't think that either of us are even really like above i don't think that we we're trying to say that in any means here no it's it's super hard to not metagame it just is there's is not something that's just easily just oh i'm gonna turn this off and i'm just not gonna do it it'd be cool if that you could just say i'm so in my character that i like my character sheet doesn't even really exist but You're going to think about numbers. And and like I talked about earlier, you're going to think about the aspect of having that self-preservation, especially in a dangerous encounter. And if if your DM is trying to build dangerous encounters and really challenge you guys in in certain ways, and I think like Laws of the Moon had said in the chat earlier, uh, like not every encounter is there to win. Like it's not... There, there are gonna be times and like I think this is kind of one of the faults of D and d sometimes of you always feel like you want to win, but you don't it doesn't always happen. So you have to kind of bring yourself back from that and know that mm-hmm. okay, there are times that I'm gonna lose or maybe it's not meant for me to win and if it's getting dangerous, metagaming isn't the only way out. you can you can in character come up with a solution other than basically let's try to cheat this situation let's try to let's but as a dm uh i would say also as a dm try not to set that situation up right yeah like try to make sure that you're make sure your players don't feel the need to metagame to save their characters um i I mean i guess unless that's what you're going for but i don't know if that sounds great to me
0: there's some obvious ways of metagaming and there's some not obvious ways of metagaming. You just have to think about it. Just think about it. You know, take yourself out of the situation and really go, is this something I know? Yeah. Um, Is this something my character knows to be more specific?
1: Well, and, and just ask your DM, right? Like just, you have that knowledge. You're sitting at a table playing a game with someone or through the internet just just say hey would i know this like i know this but would my character know this is Is it okay if i do this thing um and your dm's gonna be able to say make the roll just roll roll a dice and see if we know this uh, or just say yes like if he's if your dm he or she sorry is gonna say like yeah you're you're from this area why would you not know that yeah. sure absolutely there's you know just just ha- have that open communication between yourself and your DM where you can say, absolutely, go ahead. Just make that role, do the thing or something like that, because you are going to know it. Or they're going to say no, and you got to move on. And that's kind of cool in a way. Part of, I think, some of the fun of d d is that it is kind of a challenge in ways, right? Like yeah. it's, it, you know, critical thinking and things like that where, if something's not going to work out, uh, it's not always A to B. Sometimes it's A to B to C to D to E just to come back. Like, it's, let's go around. Let's figure this other way. And, like, maybe that's even more fun. Maybe A to B is boring and it takes 10 minutes, but yeah. having all these like side things you have to do and like worry about not doing this or maybe, oh, if I go this way, I can, we're going to have to sneak, but we can get past mm-hmm. this guy. Maybe we can go collect this item and then get around and do this, the thing that we're here for. Um, I mean, it's going to lead to more fun moments. And uh, I mean, overall, probably a more fun game. I think metagaming overall... Stop doing it if you can <laughs> I think Stop that that's it. really really that's like the main thing
0: and don't use spells as an excuse to metagame
1: uh hey, hey Morgan can uh can you feel that right now there's there's some kind of there's this like energy around us
0: yeah um yeah it, it it feels like some sort of spell, but I don't know what it is
1: hmm I think I think the only way to fix that would be to uh, maybe uh, cast uh, detect magic.
0: Ooh, detect magic! That must be expeditious retreat.
1: All right, guys, we're jumping into our our new segment this week. On <laughs> we're calling it detect magic. Hopefully, that wasn't <laughs> too too corny. Uh,
0: oh, it absolutely was, but I loved every second of it. Um, <laughs> All right, (laughs) let's get into it. Expeditious Retreat. It's a first level transmutation. The classes that use this are Sorcerer, Warlock, and Wizard. The casting time is one bonus action. The range is self. Components are verbal and somatic. The duration is up to 10 minutes. This spell allows you to move at an incredible pace. When you cast this spell and then as a bonus action on each of your turns until the spell ends you can take the dash action
1: yeah so we i think that this is a cool spell that maybe is a little bit um underused at times it's not completely underused um but it's definitely a cool spell and we picked it specifically to talk about today because of the metagaming topic right if you're like, I'm not saying that this is something that I even wouldn't allow, but it's the reason that this made me think of, I thought of this spell during the metagaming episode is because if your character is going into battle or something like that, and you're like preparing something called expeditious retreat um, as you like go to be in this big fight just so you can do these extra dash actions. I mean, you may know that your character may know what the ability is, but it's almost kind of like if you're using a spell like this, it just takes a bonus action. This is the kind of thing like you would use as a last ditch. I need to get out of here. I need to have this extra movement. Not, well, this lets me cast, da- you know, use dash, which is not something your character knows what it is. It do- Your character doesn't know that you use dash as a bonus action. The, if your character prepares this spell as a trying-to-be-more-let-me-get-around-the-battlefield-a-little-quicker and things like that, it's kind of metagame to me because you're. this is the kind of spell, like, if as a sorcerer, as a warlock, as a wizard, you probably learned as a, you're squishy, you need to get out of there if possible.
0: Especially being a <laughs> sorcerer, warlock, or wizard you're definitely gonna be squishy like you may have like buffers on yourself um but that is a getaway tactic it's literally called expeditious retreat
1: yeah um because
0: someone says what about expeditious charge when you're running towards something and when you're using expeditious retreat you're supposed to be using it to get away. Yeah. Um, And to be able to get farther away from whatever is attacking you. Yeah. So, and you can only cast it on yourself. You can't cast it on other people. Yeah. So.
1: I think, and that's what, that's to- kind of what I'm, like, thinking is, like, you know, you're coming into a battle and, like, there's there's definitely that thought process like if i if i'm a wizard and i'm looking at this and you're like looking at a battlefield and you see oh if i could get over there it would be advantageous i could get a little bit of cover i could get some higher ground and i can shoot i can get distance i can use my spells from over there um you know having something like this would be beneficial but like for me it's as a wizard especially right you learned this spell. This is like, I mean, if you really just think about it, this is like in a spell book somewhere. If you read about it, if like your, you know, magic teacher probably was like, if you ever get into like a bad situation, you can use this spell to escape quickly, um, you know, and things like that. Especially like, like I said earlier, your character doesn't know what a bonus action is, right? <laughs> your character yeah. just knows that they make a cut they they can make a you know they kind of know that like they make a move a bit you know a big action they do something and they might be able to do something quick um but like in a in like a fight right there is kind of that like back and forth right they would yeah. know like your character would be able to process information well enough to know that like In the couple seconds you have to make, you know, to do your attack. You can possibly move. You can do something quickly. Yeah. But they don't know, oh, I want to take a dash as a bonus action. (laughs) That's not knowledge your character has.
0: It makes me faster. And that is what is important about the spell if you're a wizard especially. Yes. Um, And I think that's the thing. Defining the line between using it to make you able to escape injury versus using it to charge and be aggressive. Because why would you charge and be aggressive if you're a wizard? Um, Now, if that's something that your character is, then you have a reason and that's okay. But like we've been saying this whole podcast is you have to give a reason and that reason has to make sense. If you're a squishy wizard, and if you're a squishy wizard and you're not an eldritch knight or a battle wizard yeah then you're not going to use it to charge something that can take you out in one swipe
1: unless you're that meme where it's like the like wizard that's like out of spells no problem rips off his shirt and he's super buff unless that's right you- you you probably are trying to stay away from people.
0: Like if you're the wizard that dies of one d four, they stared at me. Damage.
1: <laughs> if if then... you're if you're a TikTok wizard, <laughs>
0: if you're watch a TikTok out. wizard, shout out to one shot questers. I'm just gonna make that a thing. Shout out to one shot questers. I love them. I love their content. You guys are great. Um, love your TikToks. But the wizard that dies of 1d4... 1d6
1: sneezing damage. 1D6. 1d6
0: sneezing damage. Like, you're not going to use Expeditious Retreat to charge a orc yeah. or yeah. a troll. Like, and, and not... like,
1: it's, it's one of those things that, like, as a DM and a player, you kind of have to have this conversation because, yes, within the confines of the rules, you could cast a spell on yourself... And you could charge into battle and use a touch spell or something like that, right? Yeah. I, I understand that as a player, if you read this spell. But at my table, this just seems it, like that is metagaming to me. If you're like, I'm going to use this to, be, to do something that it, it really isn't even designed for. I'm not saying that that can't be cool, that can't be interesting. Or we can't even talk about it if you if you want that to be something that your character does, but and, and you know this is, we're not even trying to specifically talk about expeditions retreat as only in reference to metagaming. It's just what our topic was today, so we're kind of relating it to it. If yeah. you if you have like a cool idea for this and you talk about it with the DM, I'm not saying don't use it to do crazy moves like that, but mm-hmm. it's just you know it is kind of metagaming. You know, it really it is when if your character learned a spell called expeditious retreat, and it means that, and as a you know quickly they can jump out of the way and they can move to defend themselves. Realistically, is probably how they learn the spell. They using it like you said as like expeditious charge. Yeah. I mean, yes. By the confines of the rules of D and D, you could do that at, with this spell. It doesn't say you have to run away, but it it is a metagamey kind of thing. Of, oh, I'm going to use yeah. this interesting this thing to do something that's not even designed for. But if that's something that you know you're comfortable with at your table and your DM's cool with and things like that, I'm not saying it can't be cool.
0: So, um, yeah. Anybody have anything else? I know you guys have been going wild. Like, obviously, you guys can use it in any way that you want. Like, if your character has a reason for it. Just since the topic is metagaming, we were like, all right, like, let's talk about how people could metagame with this. But I think, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it for today.
1: Thanks so much for listening, guys. We're uh, we're gonna end it out here. Uh, you know, we had a good time talking about uh, a couple of uh, interesting points about metagaming, and uh, you know, learning a little bit about kind of a, a more interesting spell. Uh, make sure you go ahead and uh, follow us on uh, on all the socials. Um, come over, join us on our Discord. Um, you can find links to that on uh, on like our Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Um, and uh, follow us on Twitch every uh, Saturday. Um, time varying, uh, we're a little bit, but every Saturday we're, we we stream our podcast and uh, where we get to talk to the chat and you know kind of have a lot more shenanigans than actually end up making it into the podcast. Um, and you get to see our <laughs> lovely faces as we we yeah. talk about our topic every week, and then uh, we edit it down and uh, come up with the final podcast form. But uh, yeah, come join us on come join us on Twitch Rule of Cool Pod and. Uh, Hang out with us on, on Saturdays and, uh, you know, be able to add to the conversation a little bit.
0: Yeah. And the official podcast releases every Friday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you can't make it to the Twitch stream, if you are too busy whenever we're streaming live, then look for it friday mornings 6 yep. a.m on just about every single platform right now yeah
1: i think we're about um, on everything now and uh if you guys are on like apple uh you know make sure to uh give us a rating and a review on itunes that that definitely helps out the podcast and uh you know make sure to to let us know what you guys are thinking of everything so far okay. this is episode three so we're still kind of getting uh getting our feet under ourselves but um we're hoping that we're hoping it's going well for everybody
0: yeah, we're very excited, and we want your feedback. Let us know yep. how we're doing, so we can improve. Since we're only on episode three, I mean, theoretically, we can only go up from here. So if you give us your feedback, <laughs> yeah, theoretically, you give us your feedback. Let us know what you want to hear and what you think about it.
1: And again, help come, us get better. Come hang out in our Discord because uh, we also vote every week for uh, the topic that we're going to talk about that week. So make sure that uh, you, you join us over there if you want to have an input on uh, what we're talking about that week.
0: Until next time, this has been another episode of the roller Cool Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Bye, everybody. Bye. Let's play D&D You and me And all of our best friends Let's play d Escape your life and play pretend with no real consequences.